Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, yes, people, Dave Fensum here. This is Pop Collaborate and Listen. I hope you are doing well, enjoying the world, returning slightly to normal. We certainly are, uh, for the first time in a long while, we actually recorded the E17 episode face-to-face. Uh, me and Krista are in a bubble, it's kind of okay, so there we go. Uh, but yeah, thank you for all your feedback on the Little Angels episode. Um, that was a fucking slog, guys, I'm not going to lie to you. And yeah, thank you for all the new listeners that get in contact with us via email and socials and all of those things. We're always amazed, actually, that so many people keep finding the podcast. Um, special shout-out to uh, Neil, who's uh, got in contact with us as a new listener, sent us a, a very generous donation. Um, also shout out to Adam who got in touch with us recently as well um it's always lovely to have you guys on board and we really really love it when you go out of of your way and let us know that you're listening um you know we see the numbers every week but it's always good to you know have a little bit of a personal touch man if you are new to the podcast uh realize that we don't really explain what the podcast is very often but if this is the first time you've downloaded this podcast uh the idea of it is um Krista and myself my co-host are Massive music fans, 90s was our era, um, but obviously we were listening to, you know, grunge and hip-hop and drum and bass and all the kind of like more credible stuff that music snobs kind of get involved in. And so what we weren't listening to is all of the uh, top 40 albums. So what we decided to do is listen to every single number one album of the 90s in order, uh, and then we do a track-for-track track review. It's a pretty simple concept, but one that we have a lot of fun with. Um, yeah, so well, what else can I tell you guys? Yeah, I mean, my life is returning to some kind of weird semblance of normality in that uh, comedy is starting to open up again um, I'm booking the late show season at Brighton Fringe for the lovely people at Other Place and the Warren if you're going to find yourself in a Brighton during the Fringe which runs from the end of May all the way to the uh, beginning of July then do get yourself a ticket for the late show it's 11.15 to 12.15 every Thursday, Friday, Saturday and uh, bank holiday Sunday I've got superb lineup, in- including like, loads of TV names loads of people that you'll, you'll be aware of people that have been on this podcast it's going to be a wild time you'll get to see me in seeing it every night trying to remember if I can do live comedy or not I guess I should apologise uh, on this episode I do get a little bit tired towards the end of the episode I had a really really long day and some of my energy levels are a little bit down but to be honest with you uh, what I should tell you is it was probably about a three hour conversation that we had on this album East 17's Walthamstow it's fair to say we had a pretty good time recording this one we're excited to share it with you anyway look guys with no further ado get involved uh, if you want to leave us a, a donation of any kind please feel free to do so running the podcast does cost money uh, you can find our details on the website etc etc big thanks to everyone who uh, has and who continues to do so anyway i'll leave it there i've rambled on for far too long please enjoy this episode we're gonna get deep baby deep deep down
yes, people, welcome to another episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. My name is Dave Fensom. I am joined, as always, by my very good friend, Mr. Chris DeGreer. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? Uh, I'm with us today in the uh, in the studio, because we are recording together again yeah. for the first time in a long while, is Mr. Waffles T-Dog. Waffles is so happy that this is happening again. He was uh, texting me all week saying he's very excited. He couldn't wait for it to happen in person again, because yeah. the Zoom ones that we've had to do in the past sort of six months haven't been the same for him so fair play oh, they haven't he's, he, he's not really an online dog well no what he's really worried about is uh his pet groomers oh god <laughs> oh this was a mistake this right. was a mistake okay <laughs> so man okay so look we had little angels last time yeah indeed so little angels was the first one of 1993 the first one of season four that was uh last podcast uh and i mean first of all thank you for everyone uh for for the feedback on that it uh it was, it was, it was certainly, yeah. I think most of the feedback kind of broadly agreed with what we were saying, Absolutely. didn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And there, were, there were quite a few people that were like, I liked this band and this is where it went wrong. So, I, uh, Yeah, exactly. Even people who had been fans of the previous albums were going, yeah, Jam wasn't their high point. So they, sure. they were they were the same level as us, I reckon. So that, that was a slog, wasn't it? So this week, mm. obviously, we're hoping for a you know an all-time classic. Oh, God, yeah. And here we are. We've landed with East 17's debut album. Walthamstow. Okay. Well, <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, now. I mean, this was another one that was kind of on the list, whatever you're looking at. What have we got to do? Look what's coming up. And E17 right there at the start. I was like, oh, Jesus, i got to do this. Okay. Well, uh, see, well. that's not my reaction to it. I've, been, really... I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> well, so, okay. So now, and I, I know the answer to this already. I'm fairly sure. Yep. 1993. Uh-huh. Were you aware of E17? Were they a, a thing in Northern Ireland? Okay, in the same way as any of the big chart acts were. I absolutely knew E17. I knew them because they were on the radio, they're on top of the pops, etc. Um, I also remember hearing a couple of the songs off this album, mm-hmm. um, but it was in passing, obviously. I was 18 at this point. I didn't give two shits about what was going yeah. on in the pop charts. I mean, I would imagine, though, I mean, they had a penchant for paramilitary trousers didn't they there's an awful lot of camouflage went on yeah, yeah i mean to be fair mate i, I mean uh, yeah, risky move in belfast right? <laughs> yeah, i don't know if they turned over there and uh, went full on you know soldier but it would have been a mistake if they had what about yourself are you aware of are you a big fan i've always had a passing interest in e17 oh right okay well I, even I, at the time you're like oh this is this is something. i i found e17 funny at the time oh right okay right, right. so coming into this i'm interested to see whether i still find it funny mm-hmm whether the joke has worn thin in the way that a lot of those jokes when I was 17 have worn thin. Right, yeah. Uh, whether, you know, because Tony Mortimer was an Ivan Novello award-winning songwriter. Yeah, So really is there was. is there anything in these songs? Right, okay. Because presumably you haven't heard this full album before. Um, Or maybe you have, really? Maybe I have, yeah. Oh. Maybe I have. Uh, only because um, we used to hang about with a guy whose sister was a couple years younger than us when we were probably about 18, 19, and she was a massive E17 fan. And we used to, when his parents were out of town, we would go around his house and smoke weed. Uh Uh, And because it was her house too, she would sometimes have control of the stereo, and sometimes we would hear E17. Oh, I see. Right. So I may have heard this at the time. She was was, uh, big into them, heard a lot about them, Uh, heard Mm. that, you know... uh, Terry Teggs, I think, was her favourite. Teggs. Yeah, I think he is. Um, was, that his, was that his nickname? I, I think it might have been, Amazing. yeah. Um, so let's let's have a look at this album cover, right? Yes. Uh-huh. And it is 
it almost looks cartoonish to me. It's like someone had done a parody of right. Can everyone try and look street, please? Yeah. I mean, I would. Des- I mean, I would describe this as yeah, like you say, it's a kind of an urbany kind of setting. But I would describe this as a, just a group of ugly men and a dog. Oh God, yeah. Not only that, it's a bad photo. It's a it, mm. it's exposed really bizarrely. It's kind of you know all the all the reds are right up, and it's like kind of like really saturated right. yeah. and odd. But there is no one in this band that doesn't look like they work in the fair. Totally. Absolutely. Carney's a lot of them. Absolutely. And that dog has obviously either been stolen or swapped for some (laughs) speed. Yeah, the dog was uh, quite a feature in the videos as well, and the logos. It was all over the place. Yeah, uh, Yeah. I mean, I I, I don't think these people should be allowed to own dogs. No, no, absolutely. And even their logo on the front of this album cover looks like it was done by a 14-year-old in art class with maybe a C-. minus. It's not anything glossy. I mean, I've seen better production skills on the Dennis the Menace fan club. Right. And, but maybe this was the point, because they were set up as the other side of the coin from Take That. They certainly were. You know, yeah. they were the the bad boys, the rebels, the not clean cut. And so maybe the the cheapness of this image and every bit of the trappings it was is entirely on purpose. Oh, sure. They're kind of the bit of rough, aren't they? Totally, yeah. Yeah. And, mate, they are rough as shit. Mm-hmm. They are rough with a capital rough. Every single bit and every single... And they've got that thing where, you know, they've got uh, Tony Mortimer, who writes the songs. Yeah. Brian Harvey, who does the, the raps. And no, then, no, no. Brian Harvey doesn't do the raps. Tony Mortimer does the raps. Oh, Brian Harvey's the singer, sorry. Brian Harvey does the singer. And then does got, the singer? And, He's and, the singer. And then you got these other two fucking lanky lads who just look like they are there to, like, to deal speed. Yeah, I mean, I I looked up what everyone in E17 is doing now. Oh, yes. I mean, Brian Harvey will come to what he's doing later. Yeah, sure. Tony Mortimer is more or less still a a songwriter. Okay. um, Possibly not as successful as an Ivan Avello Award would suggest he may have gone on to be, but he's still in that world. He's not on Gary Barlow's level, let's put it like that. Um, Terry. Mm, Tegs. Tegs, whatever his name is, yeah. He is now... uh, the only surviving member of a touring version of E17. Right, yes. And look, I get, right, I get it when, like, the lead guitarist of a band goes, and I mean, I get, I, you know, I don't agree with it, but I, I, I get when Axl Rose tours as Guns N' Roses. Uh-huh, sure. You know, I yep. get it when, you know, I can get it when the bass player of Journey is Journey. Right? Oh, yeah, okay. I, you know, and that's stretched it. But when the guy that does nothing in E17... Just a bit of dancing. Is, what the fuck? No, no, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's, 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 imagine, imagine getting a ticket to go and see The Prodigy and it's just Leroy. <laughs> It's literally that and a dab, yeah. And uh, and John Hendy, yes. who's the other member, yep. he's a roofer. Is he? Of oh, course brilliant. he is. Mate, you need some roof work done. I do need some Get roof him work in. done. He's, he's, uh, you've got to see his, his, his Twitter, I think it says, uh, XE17 member and bad boy roofer. Amazing. Oh, fucking I mean, look, look at him. Of course he's a fucking oh, roofer. Of course. It was destined. That's what it is. Any tarot reading he had at that point, he got, oh, you know, at some point you're going to be a roofer. Let's be honest, right? In the in the grand karmic scheme of things, him being in E17 was a blip along the way of him becoming a roofer. True, yeah. That's exactly what it was. And I'll guarantee he's earning a lot more money now as a roofer. Yeah. Yeah, as, as opposed to the dancer in E17. Brian Harvey. Yeah, <laughs> that too. Um, I, mean, I was reading up on, on some of this as well, and I did notice that they 
they have an iteration where you can go and see them live. But I also noticed if you go on their website, yeah, you can, if you so wish, put in a request to hire them for your own private party. Oh my god! And it's it's it is the the one where it's just Terry and and it's some bloke who was with the Artful Dodgy and it's someone else. But you you can put in uh, you like okay, um, I would like e seventeen to. Uh, it, the, the drop-down menu is things like at a public show, a festival, a corporate party, and then it's got suggestions, New Year's party, birthday celebration, wedding, presentation, or a private party. And private party sounds a little bit worrying to me because I wonder yeah. if they do some extras. Oh, fucking hell. Well, look, um, if you're listening to this and you're <laughs> of that kind of mindset, start up the Kickstarter and let's fire up the pop collaborate and listen. Uh, get together with special guests. E7. E17 featuring Terry. <laughs> The thing is, I was tempted to like put a, go a little bit further on the website and you know put in some details just to see how much they charge, but I got scared that I might get to a point where I felt too sorry for them and actually booked them just oh, for right. for you know oh well I'm doing nothing on Tuesday why don't you just pop down fuck I know hell, so I didn't I didn't go that far but I do wonder how much they can charge. you imagine what their fans are looking like these days. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Less, less E17, more yeast 17. Yeah, yeah. I think readers' wives. <laughs> Beast 17. Right. Okay. Oh, Sorry if you're an E17 fan. Fuck. Oh, right. Um, so this was number one on the 21st of February, 1993. And it was only number one for one week. Okay. Um, and from the time period we had Little Angels, which was kind of the end of January, there's like three weeks in between where there's other stuff going on. Uh, the Cult had a best of and Buddy Holly had a best of in between. So we're, we've got about three weeks past uh, Little Angels. This is only number one for one week, which to be honest surprised me. I thought it would have been a couple, but no. Uh, one thing I did notice on the uh, on the kind of how did E17 begin? Tony Mortimer, who we've said, he's the, the kind of the writer, he's the lead writer. And he apparently went to the label and with some demo stuff and they said, well, no problem, we'll sign you, but we need it to be a boy band. You need to get some other people. And so he brought in these other guys, his mates from school, and they uh, were given the deal. And the original rules said uh, it was just going to be kind of Tony Mortimer on on vocals. But Brian Harvey, who was just going to be a backup singer and dancer, was made one of the lead singers, in, and I quote, due to his vocal talent. So, so that's that's what happened. He was so good that they made him the singer. He wasn't supposed to be. Wow. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what as well. Right, we've said about the the sleeve of this. It's it's fucking not good. Yeah. It, it's it's cheap and nasty. Inside, because I looked up some of the kind of the inner sleeve stuff, and there was a sheet inside the original release that you could order some. Uh, merchandise, an E17 merchandise. Okay. And s- such things as uh, some grey jogging shorts for that, 20 points, obviously. Um, a rave hat for 20 quid. That does make sense. You can, If you look at any photos of E17, there's always a rave hat going on. Um, but for 60 quid, you could get a denim jacket with grey fleece fabric hood and lining, which features an embroidered design of a pissing dog. That sounds good. Yes, mate. That, and that does sound I'm good. sorry that I couldn't send off for it. You know, these days. I, I, I bet I can find one for you on eBay. I wonder, actually, yeah. God. And I bet you those are all made from the best quality materials you can imagine. I can imagine. Well, denim. Well, yeah. You would imagine. Yeah. Not the grey jogging shorts, but, well, possibly. I, I suspect they were all off a mate's market stall. Oh, mate, they are, there, is, there is no way. We'll pair exquisitely with a spliffy jacket. <laughs> yeah, indeed they will. Yeah. 
Because uh, these boys were charvers, mate, weren't they? Straight up. And look, I'm, I'm not, you know, I appreciate that there is a, uh, uh, that, that you can level classism at people who use the word chav. But the fact is, right, I grew up, uh, you know, I grew up kind of around a council estate. And the thing about working class people is there are, you, just because you're a working class person, you're poor, you don't have to be a fucking chav. No. I knew plenty of people that were poor and working class and weren't fucking chavs. It's a choice. Let's not, let's not say we're demonising the working class by using no, the word no, chav. No, not the working class at all. I am absolutely taking the piss out of E17 oh, for mate, their behaviour you know, and their look. You yes. know, to, you know, to paraphrase Chris Rock, when I'm when I'm <laughs> at the cash point, yeah, you know, it's it, it's not working class people I'm looking out for. It's chavs. Yeah, there you are. But, there you go. Yeah. All right. Okay. But uh, so after all of that, uh, we might as well get into it. I reckon. Okay. So the first track. This was the first single, I believe. House uh, of Love. It was, and it was released. Back in August of 1992, so like mm-hmm. six months previous, this came out, and so it was a long way up front of the album. But yeah, House of Love is the first single. Okay, we've got a big build. Yep. Nope. It's a big start. I love this. Do you? Did you like it at the time? <laughs> Did you? Oh, right, yeah. One God. <laughs> Already pissed off the Hindus. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. This hang, is... on, hang on a minute. Hang on, hang on. Oh. Hang on. Come on. Rave-tastic. Oh, mate, this is so much dancier than I remember it being. I, I, I don't remember it being this kind of ravey, synthy, dancey. I, I remember it being just more of a kind of a... Oh, hang on, he's dropping knowledge, Krista. Oh, well, he's he? started I dropping think he knowledge. I might have dropped it and not find it. He's dropping a lot of knowledge. He's talking. Uh, look, right? Yeah. So, first of all, everybody in the house of love, mm. it's a drugs metaphor, isn't it? Or a brothel. Every, no, everyone in the house of love. No, it's it, yeah, it is. It is, of course. It's like Ebenezer Good, but, you yeah. know, without nuance. But. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, he's not bothered about your colour. He's not bothered about your creed, yep. unless you're a Hindu. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's not worried about religion, unless you're a Hindu, presumably. Mm, I don't know. Really. I don't know what their problem with Hindus is, really. Musically, it's a rave stomper, right? Okay, sure. What we are introduced to here is, is a big pop tune right in uh, credentials, really. Okay. You know, kind of big chorus, kind of big bombastic production. Like I said, it's very much in that kind of ravey kind of electronic synthy mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing so we get introduced to Brian Harvey's incredibly nasal vocals mm-hmm. right yep. like, literally as if it's like as if he's singing through his nose at all times on purpose yep and we get introduced to Tony Mortimer's rapping yeah and that's Ooh. quite something and there's I mean, a lot of it throughout this album I mean this is essentially uh a rap album in many ways. Well, I guess if he's the songwriter and it was in, the band was initially supposed to be just around him, mm-hmm. he was presumably envisaging this as almost his own hip-hop I mean, outlet. this is, you know, here's an interesting thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, hip-hop per se is not fully at the mainstream as it will reach its peaks in no, the next absolutely. couple not, of not years. Not at the minute, right? 93, yeah. Um, there aren't a lot of white British rappers and there certainly aren't a lot of them doing big pop tunes no absolutely so um 
He's not very good at it, is he? He's awful. He's so he's bad. Awful. Yeah, I mean, at both the writing and the delivery. It's not like, oh, well, at least he's got uh, a good flow. Yeah. But it's what a shame. It's, or it's not. It's not that. It's not vice versa. They're both shit. Yeah, we we are introduced to the conundrum of Tony Mortimer here because objectively, I I think the tune is good. Okay, right. I think it's a big pop banging so, tune, fun. right? Yeah. And Tony Mortimer has got an eye for a lyric. I mean, he really had. I mean, what oh, a dude. There's so many. I lyrics. mean, the the, the 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 thing about this podcast that I would say right up front, this could be a three part podcast <laughs> on the lyrics of Tony Mortimer. Uh-huh. I mean, I like I'll talk about something else later, but oh, oh god, I love his lyrics. I mean, I uh-huh. I, I, I I mean, and you you know in which way I love them. And oh, it's, they're shockingly laughable. I he's I mean incredibly ridiculous. So, so I mean, he's writing. As a young man, a very open-hearted young man. Yeah, I guess they're probably like 17 at this point, aren't they? I would imagine so. But, like, you know, he's... uh, If you've ever hung about with a 17-year-old stoner that listens to too much Bob Marley, Mm. you've probably had conversations with someone very much like Tony Mortimer, I would imagine. Right. Well, I mean, he's definitely going to be more down the doing pills route rather than weed. Yeah, well, I think those two go very hand-in-hand, my friend. Yeah, and fair enough... Like you say, House of Love is about, you know, let's all get together and, and love each other. But he's trying to throw in concepts about race and war and conflict and, and God and this sort of stuff. Oh, he's, got, he's got opinions on the state of the world mm. and he's got simple solutions for complex problems in the way that you can when you're 17, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, there's some lyrics on here. Uh, we're born to live, we live to die. Our eyes can't see, they can only cry. Amazing, thanks. Um, and then I think my favourite, one of my fa- I mean, the, my favourite in this song, Yeah. and I can't pick a favourite on the album, we, we, and we will, I would imagine... We, we, we can give it a go, but no. I imagine we'll so delve many. into some yeah. more as we go. But my favourite one is, the past won't last if the present is killed, which... Hmm. I mean, if it's just a fundamental misunderstanding about the linear nature of time, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe I mean, the he past is, that module. The past is in the past. It's unaffected by the present. It's always going to be there. The future is affected by the present. Yeah. And, and, unless he's on some metaphysical level that I, 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 that we haven't yet come to understand, which is possible. I, I haven't uh, talked to Tony Mortimer about this. He might have some theories that could convince me. I mean, it might have been the reason they gave him the Ivan Avello. Maybe so. Maybe I mean, there's so. There's got to be some reason. But yeah, I mean... I think my favourite lyric in this one is, uh, we've got to love our mother, gotta let her know, boom, boom, before she blows. Nice. Uh, Well, they're on the Mother Earth metaphor. No, I assume they are, but still... You know, I mean, it's it's pretty it, bad. I mean, you still wouldn't write that down and go, "I'm going to sing that." I wouldn't want to either boom boom or blow my mother. No, it's it's all those kind of things that okay, someone should have got first pass, first draft. Oh, just uh, rewrite that one. You'll be fine otherwise. I mean, everything else is genius. I would imagine there were probably four or five people that were employed to do that and just gave up. They're <laughs> just pilling their faces off. Uh, I mean, look, man, this is. I mean, this we haven't even scratched the surface yet right mm-hmm. of the lyrics and yeah they are the gift that keeps on giving but mm. when it comes down to everybody in the house of love for me it's a nine out of ten pop song oh my god really i fucking love oh, this tune wow. man. i just i think it's it's better for its rubbish okay sure right? yeah and look, i always enjoy an e17 song with a nod and a wink okay of course but 
<laughs> but there is really no such thing as a guilty pleasure, right? No, no, you, fair play. you can't just like something because it makes you laugh. I mean, you, you okay, you can to yeah. a certain degree, but but this isn't one of them for you. There's, there's a nugget everybody somewhere. Everybody in a house of love. That is, that is catchy. That bit is kind of catchy. Yeah. It's, you know, it's it's obviously <laughs> shit, like we've established, but it's kind of catchy. Yeah. Um, I just, I also think that the verses in this are just so nothing that they're. If you took them out and just had 45 seconds of him shouting House of Love, that would be a better song because the bits in between are so flim-flam. Yeah, but you know what? A lot of the t- a lot of the time, a pop song at its heart is a chorus it's delivery a chorus. system. No, you're absolutely correct. And for that, I think this... I bet you, you know, if you did go and see them today in a Butlins, this would be a great fun one to shout along at that chorus. Yeah. And then you'd sip your drink in the in the verse and then it would ramp up again and you'd be like, oh yeah, fucking eyes of love. Exactly. Of course it is. Um, for me, this is probably more like a six out of ten for me. Okay. Um, I think it is catchy. I think it's all right. But there's something about it overall where it doesn't grab me enough. Fair enough. I, 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 this, I'm, I'm nostalgic for this song. Right. And it just makes me smile. Oh, great. It, That's perfect. It always then. makes me smile, okay? There's, it's, a, it's a really dumb banger. Fair play. Yep. As I imagine most of them were as well. I would imagine so. Um, I, I watched the video for this because obviously there was a video. And the, yeah. being, it being the first video, there was no money. This is all. the really ravey one of them all kind of pulling shapes and jumping up and down in the streets, isn't uh, it? No, um, well, no, they're mostly outside of Greyhound Stadium. They're outside the Walthamstow Greyhound yeah. Stadium, um, mostly with their tops off. Okay. Um, which isn't necessarily... They're like just skinny 16-year-old boys. And yeah, they're they're there in big silly hats and no top and lots and lots of kind of wooden jewellery, yeah. big chunky necklaces and bracelets, that sort of thing. And they all look like they would shank you in an instant for your phone. Of course they do. As soon as look at you. They're, they're the sort of people that in 1993, I would have been nervous walking through a park past them. Yeah. And probably today I'd be just as nervous. And yeah, I'd have been walking through that park past them going oh when did this fair arrive <laughs> can i smell candy floss they were the the 17 year olds one of them had a motorbike and mm. one of them was fingering a girl in your school oh totally you know they were a single gold earring and glue sniffing yes yeah. exactly lots of that I, what i will give it is i think it's a great opener because that very slow build mm-hmm. into that immediate Bam chorus. So here we is are. Yeah, it's a terrific album opener. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely got that. So let's do track number two. Right. Okay. This is. Uh, this was. Uh, was this a second single? This was. The, it was the third single. Or the third single. Uh, but it was the one that was released just before this album release. It was January of '93, and this got to number five. Yeah. Uh, second one is deep. Ooh. Slow jam. Yeah. We've uh, driven into Sexyville. Yeah, this this is absolutely this is kind of standard. But your boy band fodder, you put out a, a slow one for the teenage girls to give them some clammy thighs and look at your poster. This, well, this is this is kind of. I mean, I, I do not know where to start with this song. <laughs> I, I do not. Right, like, first, you, you you get the kind of the uh, the the walk on the wild side meets let loose kind of mm, sample kind sure. of that runs through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a slow jump. Uh, look, this is. A deep insight into what Tony Mortimer thinks sexy looks like. Oh yeah, and yeah. my God, it's a stunt. Yeah, the stuff that he's putting down on paper here is incredible. 
Look, man. Shh. I hear our souls sing. <laughs> Shh. Look, this, so this, look, what this is, okay, is it's like an instruction manual for terrible, embarrassing sex. The type of sex that girls have on a Tinder date and then blog about, right? This is, Ooh, this, yep. is the ki- this is the kind of sex that if you have with a girl, they're going to talk about it for a long time and not in the way that you think. Oh, you'll be blacklisted with all of, all of their friends. This, this is someone doing too much. Oh my God, there are so many things wrong with this. And also... I don't believe it's authentic. This thing that he's presenting here, which is this kind of relaxing, zen, long, sensual sex with someone that kind of goes over the weekend, that's not the reality of sex with someone in 17. He probably has, right? He's probably given it a go, I think. Oh, he maybe thinks he has. I think think he thinks he's like kind of, you know, he's he's smoked a couple of J's and he's got a bit more worldly than the the next man, right? He's a bit of a lethargy. I think think that's what he does. But Mm, the reality of sex in E17, particularly after they got famous was probably a few lines of coke in a hotel mm. brandy breath and just pounding sex that goes on for ages because someone's got coke dick and can't come right that's what okay all right that's what i think is going on there right but i mean this is the kind of song you're gonna want to put this on if you want to be sick in your own mouth oh it's incredible every single bit they says i'm going oh no don't say this out loud it's okay like, you know last episode the little angels one i said I didn't really want to hear some Gumby rocker doing a sex yep. song. It turns out even less do I want to hear some 17-year-old chav telling me about his uh, technique. And that's where we differ. Oh, God. <laughs> because I think this song is a fucking masterpiece, right? Oh, I think this is glorious. It is so, it is uh-huh. so terribly, terribly bad. Mm. I mean, just for the lyric... So rest upon my chest, <laughs> like and like you've you've seen what his chest looks like in that video. Oh, he's God, a pigeon like, chest. It's like yeah, we're gonna rest there. there. It's like yeah. rest upon a toast rack. It's like <laughs> oh, it's fucking glorious, oh, man. Th- this is one of the funniest ones. And I, I, I want to tussle, want to tumble, I want to do it till my belly rumbles. Now maybe it's me as a forty-five-year-old man, but if my belly's rumbling, I'm probably gonna shit myself. Yeah, yeah. You want to evacuate? Now there's. <sighs> I've got five different lines of lyrics that I put down here because each one I went, no, but that's also worth remarking upon. There's like so much. Yeah. So yeah, that, that one about belly rumbles. Um, so lay back and close your eyes and while I fiddle, you can fantasise. Yeah, you're with somebody else. Oh, indeed. Fiddle. <laughs> fiddle. Who says that? I mean, what? Song? Yeah, well, I, I need a word that kind of, it's like sensual touching. Yeah. It's like uh, massage, you know, like, uh, you know, it's kind oh, of stroke. caressing. Yeah, it's correct. Mm. Um, fiddle. That's fiddle. it. Fiddle. What did you do to that girl last night? Oh, a bit of fiddling. A bit of fiddling. Yeah. Diddling. <laughs> He's a fiddler. Um, I dream, you scream and tighten your hold. I tiggle in the middle as we giggle in I go. Oh, wow. <coughs> wow. That's a giggle in a go. And it's, oh, and, and it's all delivered in oh. this kind of breathy kind of yeah. like, like the idea that this is sexy. It's like, do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, fucking hell, mate. You, you, you sound like, you sound like fucking Tim Westwood after a jog. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's, it's like they're really going for that smooth American R&B yeah. sound. But they've they've literally got someone in the playground to write the lyrics for them. It's like a ferret doing a Barry White impression. Oh, terrible. Um, yeah, oil your skin within, hold you tight. Yeah, I butter toast if you lick the knife. What Pardon? does it mean? What does it mean? Pardon me? 
I butter toast if you like the knife. Well, that's not uh, hygienic for a start. No. That's not how I make any food. Oh, would you mind just licking this knife for me, please? Weird. And then the final one. And then I take a shower, maybe bubble a bath. I'll wash yours. You wash mine, yeah. We'll have a good laugh. I know, but, you, but you're, you're, you're missing the delivery of that, though. You're, <laughs> you're, you're missing the delivery of a, I maybe bubble a bath. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a good laugh. Oh, I maybe bubble a bath. Maybe it's, bubble a bath. That doesn't maybe. sound to me like you're putting... Bu- you, yeah. It sounds like you're farting in a bath. Well, I'm, it, we will have a good laugh if that's the case. Look, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a bubble bath, or we're gonna bubble mm. a bath, suggesting it's 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 still already that's and brilliant. someone's shitting in it. No, not shitting, farting. But <laughs> yeah, you know, who knows? Someone could follow through. His, yeah. t- his belly was rumbling a minute ago. That's very true, actually. This is just a progression. But I tell you what, this is a lot of fun. I fucking the, love the, it. This is obviously stupid and bad, and all of the, mm-hmm. the things that we're going to say about most of these songs. Yeah. But this, I really kind of like this one. Yeah. The, the, the thing is, right, you know, he's it's, got an ear for a pop tune. That, and again, the chorus is catchy. Yeah. You know, that, that verse where we've taken the piss out of all the lyrics in the verses, in those terrible, overblown verses, ridiculous. But that chorus, and ding, 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 is look, catchy. Right, let's be completely honest here, right? And maybe it's a little early in the conversation mm. to have this, but I'm going to plant this seed here and we can maybe revisit it as we mm-hmm. go, right? About... So we're 92 here, maybe about, what, six years later? Basically, Mike Skinner did pretty much this and was the and was a critical darling across the indie press. Yeah, I, I, I fucking hate the streets. Oh, I, I, I know you do, yeah. right? But I, I, I don't, and I, I like the streets, but I always found, uh, has it come to this, which is the first tune of the streets that I really got into, I found it funny in the way that I find E17 oh, funny. okay, right. And I don't mm-hmm. think that there's that much fucking ground between Tony Mortimer and Mike Skinner. I think it's semantics that's the difference between it. And fucking, yeah, coming at me, motherfuckers, I don't give a (laughs) shit, right? And I I speak as a fan of both. Right. No, I I, I would agree. I can definitely see Mike Skinner working at a fairground as well. Yeah, (laughs) I definitely can see it. As well, they've um, gone fully down this this sexy route on the Mm -hmm. remix thing as well. Um, There's loads of remixes of this. um, And they're called things like uh, deep brackets breath mix or deep yeah. breath deep penetration mix yeah but and then of course they had to have deep throat mix it's all this sort of stuff and all they've done with the remixes is kind of sometimes just take away a couple of instruments so it's more stripped down and breathy and horrendous but yeah anyway. uh, the video for this one is also stupid and ridiculous um it's them walking through a car car park and uh, council estate Mm -hmm. with a load of their mates behind them sort of walking as a posse and they are all wearing kind of uh, gray and black camouflage like they look like they want to be some sort of child version of the the s1ws yeah um but then it also skips to them in a pub playing pool yeah and uh and dancing in the stupidest hats you've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in slow motion. So it's kind of, they're a little bit fucking hard because they're camouflaged and they're walking as a posse. And then they're in a pub having fun with some girls who look like they probably shouldn't be in a pub. If yeah. I'm honest, I reckon they should have been ID'd. And <clears throat> it's the least romantic or sexy video that they could have got. I mean, maybe, hey, mate, I am not, I'm not a woman. I'm not a gay man. I don't know if this is what uh, would be classified as sexy. Krista, but I'm pretty sure Krista, you I can know. be you can be sexy as a straight man. I can, but I can't be arse, mate. 
I mean, you, I mean, perfect. admittedly, you never have been, but it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> but it's it's possible. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Don't write it off. Yeah. No, this, there's Maybe no that's where you go next. Uh, sex, sex, sexiness in the video for this. I mean, the, the, look, there's no sexiness in E17. No, how could it, how could you be? I bet you there's probably some abortive video where they tried to do it. They tried to do a low lighting uh, candles and bit in the bedroom yeah. scenario, and someone went, "Well, this is just horrible." Yeah. Bin, bin this immediately and stick them in a car park. So, I mean, I'm surprised there isn't the deep fingering mix. <laughs> the knuckles deep mix. Oh, fucking yeah. hell. Three fingers. <laughs> <laughs> what a horrible image. Anyway, yeah. should we do track three? Uh, yes, please. Let's get on to that one. So, track three is Gold. Gold. And this was the second single. This was out in November of 92, and it only got to number 28. But uh, it was in between the two bigger ones. Okay, so we're into kind of... Ace of bass. Well, that's, kind just, of... that's just rhythm as a dancer. Yeah, isn't it? it is rhythm as a dancer. Yeah, it's just completely snap. It's all yeah, Europop. Yeah, yeah, into that. And this is more yeah, Euro bland. house stomper in it, really. Star wouldn't call this a stomper. This, this is this is pretty bland to me. And you got uh, you. I like Brian's gold. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I can't do it justice. Oh, of course. And again, such knowledge. Oh, well, again, this is uh, another one about issues that we should probably be thinking about as a, as a race. Look, man, the, like, the, the main refrain in this is gold, we don't need it, yeah? Mm-hmm. Gold, we don't need it, yeah? Yep. Which is ironic, really, isn't it? Coming from a band of people that look like they own the biggest collection of sovereign rings oh, this side dude. of the fucking, do you know what I mean? This side of, of the Cray Brothers. Oh, oh, absolutely. I did go back, uh, whenever I was realising what the song was about, I went back through those first two, those other two videos, and fair enough, in the first one, like wooden I say, jewelry. it's mostly wooden jewelry. But in uh, in deep, yeah. it's pure fucking medallions and well, sobs. Well, of course it was. Yeah. So they're, 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 their advance had come through. Yeah, well, there you go. Exactly. Yeah, they're covered in earrings all the place, gold chains. Yeah. But, you know, it's probably, again, gold-plated stuff off a market stall. It's hardly any gold, really. There's a set of lyrics on this. I mean, I, I should do the whole verse, really, oh, but... Oh. I, well, if you, if you want to, but I, I, again, I don't think you can do it justice. Oh, spiritual entity, the silent call, the flower with the power to live in two worlds, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, what does it fucking nonsense. mean? Absolute nonsense. What does it mean, right? And the fact of the matter is, right, first three or four listens through, two or three listens through mm. on this, I was like, uh, I don't like this one, really. It's a, it's a come down from the first two. Yes. Mm. Do you know what? By the, by the time I was listening to this today, and I listened to this album three times today. Three times today? Today, yeah. Christ, all Three right. times today. Wow. It's, I was really fucking into the chorus. I was kind of, oh, it, God, it, was in, really? it was in my head. It was, it's catchy, man. It's like Airborne AIDS. It's, mm. you know what I mean? It's, uh, I, I love it. Not in the way they intended. No. But I do really enjoy it. All well. right. I think this one's real bad. The, the, oh, the, I quite enjoy two, it. I'm like, okay, there's something there. I think this is actually very, very bad. Uh, this one, the, the gold. I mean, I'll tell you what, right? On the subject mm-hmm. of gold, yep. I will say E17 are better than ABBA. Well, you're wrong, but fair play to you. Oh, what a ridiculous thing to say. I mean, fucking... My th- lord. I mean, three for three they are. I didn't get that on ABBA. <laughs> and that was the greatest hits. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I thought about this song, um, there are a couple of allusions to Jesus. You know, we're starting to see mm-hmm. some of this stuff coming through. There's a line, more than gold, it's plain to see, Jesus weren't sent to set a precious stone free. 
Yeah. So they're, they're bringing up, you know, religion. And we've had a couple of mentions before, you know, one love, one God, etc. The, the creator. Yeah, there's, there's a kind of a, a creeping theme. In oh, some sure. of this. It, it, we will see it again. Yeah. I'm I was surprised at that. But I did think, uh, well, if that's the case, maybe they should have called themselves Easter 17. Ooh, really? Mm. Oh, no? Oh. Okay. Really? Mm. Oh. Oh. It's a shame. Oh, it is bad. It's a shame. You, you, right. I mean, let myself down. I can only apologise to you, 17 yeah. fans. Sorry about that. Uh, no, I think it's a shit anyway. Oh, I like it. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, and I also think it's shit. <laughs> very true. Okay. I can't believe that this was a, the second single. This, that seems a very strange... No, it, it does seem like a... Mm. I, I think I think if I was the record executive, mm-hmm. I would be going, oh, House of Love was a big ravey tune. Mm-hmm. That was popular. You know, they're kind of pushing a bit more of a hip-hop aesthetic, aren't they? That's Yeah, I think that's what they'd like and, to do. And hip-hop is not yet pop music, really, at this stage. There is hip-hop pop, mm. but pop music is not hip-hop. Yeah, for sure. So in some ways, you've got to say, E17 were kind of ahead of their time on adopting hip-hop and incorporating it into pop music in right. the way that they did. But, yeah, but you're right, pop music at this point was that kind of chart rave, that, that, that yeah. rhythm is a dancer thing. So that's And I think there's a, and I think there's a trade-off mm. in here. But, you know, I also think that Tony Mortimer is obviously someone that has got uh, an innate talent for for music mm-hmm. and has been a sponge to a lot of things. You can see a lot of different influences in what sure. he's doing. You know, the end product might not necessarily be the most innovative version of what that could be, but it in a lot of ways, a lot of the tracks, if, if you take out the vocals and the lyrics... Yeah, yeah, sure. A lot of the tracks are quite well polished. And there's a part of me that goes, if Tony Mortimer hadn't... He seems like such an unlikely pop star. Mm. And if he hadn't had a desire to be a pop star, maybe he would have been a much more successful producer. Who knows? Um, um, On the flip side of that, I wonder how much of the sound of the album is kind of not his, and it is the in-house production team. Because well, that's entirely mo- Most of the songs are produced by the same kind of three guys. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of other guest ones in there, but most of them are these people, London Records, they've got this uh, core team. And their manager as well, which I didn't even realise until I was looking this up, uh, the manager uh, was Tom Watkins, who had previously managed the Pet Shop Boys and Bross. And okay. in fact, he wrote pretty much all of Bross's debut album. Okay. And so he's he's got that background, very pop, obviously, but also very um, synthy heavy and that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, so he's got a good roster up until, you know, this sure. point. His post-E17 management isn't quite so impressive. He's got people like Electribe 101, who I remember being just really dull. Uh, Two Thirds. Do you remember them? And no. the, the T of two is a two, and oh, the, kind the of S of thirds is a three. I it's, mean, that, va- that, vaguely. Yeah. And Deuce, who I think might have been a Eurovision thing. Oh, okay. Deuce as in D-E-U-C-E, not like orange juice, but very pop. Mm. And yeah, so diminishing returns ad infinitum at that point. But I wonder if his influence and the production team were the ones who kind of solidified the sound, and Tony Mortimer had the tune and the lyrics. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, I just, you know, I'm looking at Tony Mortimer and going, that doesn't look like someone that you go, oh, there's a natural, you know, in the same way you'd look at uh, the Goss brothers and you mm-hmm. go, oh, they kind of look like pop stars. Yeah, right? sure. Um, you wouldn't necessarily look at Tony Mortimer and go, oh, this guy looks like a pop star. So you would imagine that, there's some, that what people are seeing is something in his tunes and yeah. the fact that he was 
you know, it, you know, look back retrospectively. You know, this is a guy that's obviously got a fairly current idea of what's going on on sure. this, you know, in, in, and he brings that kind of in, in Ritzies and Essex, yeah, yeah, an edge to him, sure. Yeah, well, I you don't know. know, but who knows? Uh, either way, I think that song and that as a released single is a misstep. Um, I think the other two singles that we've had so far are much, much better. I mean, I do think the other first two songs are much better, but I do think that is an enormously catchy song. Right. And the more I've lived with it, the more I've... Okay. I, it's, it's been one of those things where I initially was like, oh, this is shit. Mm. And now and on today I was like... Ah, oh, fuck it. I have to admit I like this. Fair play. Okay, cool. Nice one. All right, so you're three for three, like you say. Yeah, three for three. Right. I mean, you know, kind of two and a half, really, but, you know. All right, well, that's the first three tracks. There's only ten tracks on this album, so should we take a break and do albums? the albums? Yeah, yeah, let's do the albums. Uh, so in the week of February 21st to 27th, 1993, top 10 looks like this. Uh, number 10 is The Cult, Pure Cult, which, like I said, was one of the albums that had been number one in the three-week period in between. Uh, number nine is Michael Jackson's Dangerous, mm-hmm. which is back again. Number eight, Arrested Development, which we talked about last week. Number seven, On Vogue, Funky Divas. Great record. Absolutely I know you're, you're a big fan of that one. Uh, number six is the Buddy Holly Best Of that we talked about. Number five is Take That, Take That and Party, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously the other big boy band thing going on. Yep. And so the weird thing is we've not talked about that, which means it wasn't a number one. And this was. So I wonder if it was if it was considered that E17 had won in the debut album. Well, I think I think what happened is I think I mean no, I don't I don't think that was the case at all because I think the album was released softer than it needed to be. Right. And it just kept selling. And well, selling it did. And it selling. kept. You're absolutely right. We'll probably see that in the top ten a lot. While this one drops pretty much straight back out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number four is Duran Duran's The Wedding Album. Yeah. And we talked about Ordinary World, so that would be the album that that's on. Yes. Right, okay. Ordinary World and uh, Come, Come On Done. Come On Done. Yeah. Uh, number three, Annie Lennox Diva, which uh, we've yeah. done. Number two, REM Automatic for the People, which, like we said last week, is, you know, 18 months later, still at number still two. Yeah. So there's... A load of kind of old stuff and best ofs in there still. Uh, other stuff that's been released since kind of February 7th. So the 7th to the 27th of February. Uh, Belly released Star, which got to number two okay. in this period. I don't remember it getting that high. I remember it getting, uh, you know, a bit of fuss in the indie press mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, obviously Tanya Donnelly had form for previous bands sure. and some really catchy singles. I remember thinking Star was okay whenever mm-hmm. I got round to listening to it. I thought it had a couple of good singles. And then some pretty average film. I don't think I've ever heard it. What's it, what's the single on it? Uh, Geppetto and uh, Feed the Tree. Yeah, Feed the Tree. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's the era of Belly. I would know. So I probably have. Yeah, oh, heard, totally. I probably have heard the record. Someone would have been playing. You reckon? It. Right. Um, it, but I never owned it. No. But I'm fairly sure Feed the Tree was a song I danced to every time it came oh, on. I I like Feed the Tree. I think Geppetto was a much better one for me. I really prefer it. But they were for me the absolute highlight. Um, right, 808 State released Gorgeous, uh, which got to number 17, mm-hmm. and I remember being disappointed with that as well, because I had liked the previous one, which was XL, Yeah, and I remember going, this is a little bit wishy-washy. Okay. They'd gone, I really liked the kind of the harder rave sound they had, yeah. and this was a little bit more, you know, bubbly, uh, gentle shit. Yeah, I, mean, so I, like, I, I yeah. kind of did, I mean, I kind of appreciated like Cubic and... Olympic. When those songs were Olympic, when they were like released, but I'd kind of 
you know, I wasn't really listening to anything in this in that kind of right. genre at this time. I don't think. Fair play. Um, one that I'm pretty sure you've never heard and would hate if you did. Sultans of Ping released Casual Sex in the Cineplex, which got to number twenty six. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've fucked the Sultans of Ping. Yeah, and I think they are. I think they're very funny. I think they are knowingly pretty crap, but funny with it. I think they got a couple of very catchy tunes, but an awful lot of just stodge. To me, it's just, uh, it's kind of student grant funny. Fair play. Uh, Rages and Machines uh, debut album first charted at the, in the UK at this point. It only got to number 52, uh-huh. but despite it having been released, you know, ages ago, November, or October, what it was, um, it first charted because I think Killing the Name yeah. was released. Um, Dinosaur Jr. released Where You Been, mm-hmm. and Dinosaur Jr. are a band where, for me, they've got a brilliant greatest hits. But sure. so many of their songs are just Jay Maskis going off on a massive guitar wank. Yep. And so they, they blend into each other a bit too much for me. I've sat and listened, uh, I say listened, I've sat and, and uh, Dinosaur Junior Records have been on in the background yep. for many hours of my life in, in the 90s. Yeah. Because there was always, in any group of friends with an alternative streak, there was always the Dinosaur Junior oh, fans. Of course. And no matter how much of it I ever listened to, none of it ever really stuck. It was all, right. and probably for those reasons, it was, you know, it was always a bit kind of, oh, and here's another. Uh, it's Exactly. There's no character to the song's for me, yeah, and, not enough, not enough difference. Yeah, and you know, and I think if you if you really found your way with that sound, that was just your brand. You know, oh, oh sure, wow, you're this happy is, as hell. This is Give me, give me this as many times as you can. But yeah. that was that was now you know no no issue with Dinosaur Junior. I think oh. perfectly serviceable band. But oh, I think they've got some brilliant songs. I think they've got an awful lot of songs that sound like second rate versions of those brilliant songs as well, and that's the issue. Yeah. Um, God Machine released scenes from the second story, got to number fifty-five, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I really enjoyed that. You know, big, dark, brooding, heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. Got fucking loaded to buggery in the indie press, yeah. and never sold. One of those ones. And then um, your man died, and that was the end of the band. I so mean, that, that, that does tend to it happen. Does happen. Um, Poison released Native Tongue. Which sounds awful. I mean, I'm sure it was. I, I've never. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I had a soft spot for uh, for one of those Poison records. I think it was "Look What the right. Cat Dragged In" or something. Sure. Because okay, yeah. some dude played it at the comic shop I worked at. Right. Sure. Um, and I didn't. I was I was too young to know better. And, and, well, and that would have been what eighty nine ninety probably. Yeah. Yeah. Which is prime Poison time. That's absolutely fine. Nineteen ninety three Poison is. Probably not going to be good. No. I would have thought. Um, Super Chunk, released on the mouth. Again, never really checked them out, if I'm honest. They were uh, one of the, the, the names on posters of Reading. Never really went. Um, Anathema released Serenades. Which yeah, well, Anathema are an odd band because Anathema started off as a death metal band. Right. A heavy, te- really fucking a heavy technical kind of, uh, you know, kind of growly mm. band. And they've changed to like a very beautiful kind of light airy prog band mm. uh, and their i mean their album weather systems i i mean i, I can't listen to it anymore sure. um yeah but it is one of the most beautiful records i have ever heard i love it right. dearly and you know i mean i, fucking, I can't listen to because we played at my daughter's funeral sure but that's kind of how much i loved it i knew i was going to give away something i loved right and that was that was that but, but that's a far reach from where they were in 93 oh, yeah. yeah absolutely yeah. if you like a bit of kind of floaty beautiful 
you know, kind of folk inspired kind of prog music with a bit of a heavy edge to it. Um, mm. Like go and check out Anathema. Fair uh, play. I, I cannot recommend that band enough. Fair play. Okay. Uh, Infectious Grooves released Sarsipius Arc. Yeah. That Did was you know that at the time? Yeah, yeah. Because the first one was, well, that was the second one, Sarsipius Arc, I think. Was it? I'm not sure. First one was The Plague That Makes Booty Move. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, was, well, I was all over Infectious Grooves. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sexual chocolate, baby. <laughs> Whipped cream, pop it all over my body. Uh, a band that I've never been able to pronounce correctly. Okay. <laughs> Einstein Neuben. Oh, fucking hell. No one can pronounce that I have no shit. idea. My dad can, and he talks about them, and I always try and listen to uh, how it should be, and then I forget immediately. They're, they're one of those bands that are they're clever uh, industrial, aren't they? Exactly. Well, and, and I think one of the, the forerunners of stuff that would influence other people, all that sort of yeah. shit. Um, but yeah, this album, Tabula Rasa, I have no idea what it sounds like. Never checked it out. Possibly because I couldn't have asked for it in a record shop if I wanted to. But it's one of these things that was of a genre that I didn't really care about, so yeah. I left it. It's basically my, my like what I associate that band with is at the back of a Nine Inch Nails concert, very very skinny in the fifties, round glasses, one <laughs> of those t-shirts tucked in, black t-shirt tucked into their black jeans, Lovely. black denim jacket. Uh, I and like it. probably uh, a record bag of some description. I, I like it. I, this is a man I could talk to. Oh. Yeah, okay. Uh, Tupac released an album which I can't say on air, strictly for my... Uh, yeah. yeah, ninjas. Exactly. Um, and I was entirely unaware of Tupac in 1993. Did you know what was no, going I was, on? I, I, didn't, I wasn't aware of Tupac until... Uh, until uh, quite a bit later. Yeah. And I and I, I think I'm probably on record saying this in the podcast... I've never really don't get the fuss. Got the fuss of Tupac, Not and, I, and and you Not know I didn't get the fuss of Biggie at the time mm-hmm. um, because I thought there were much better things out there. I have since had a fairly strong U-turn on Biggie. And right, I've, you're an appreciator now, I've, without a doubt. I right, mean, okay. You know, I mean, you know, I th- you know, I, I was very, you know very put off by the whole kind of Versace into hip hop kind of thing that I associated yeah. Biggie with and all of the stuff from Bad Boy and all of that yeah. kind of stuff. I I never liked that side of things, but now in retrospect with everything else, you know, I'm fucking ready to die. It's just a fucking brilliant record. Fair play. Well, that two-pack one passed me by entirely in 93. And then the last one that I've made a note of is one that I know that you've got uh, a relationship with. Quicksand released Slip. Oh, man, look. Now, right. now if it wasn't for the fact that we did a lot of specials, on mm-hmm. the back end of last year, and we want to get on with this round. I would be insisting on a special for this record. This, right. this is one of my top five records of all time. Wow. It's a record that changed my life. It's to, to me, I think the most underrated rock record of the nineties. Wow. Uh, genuinely believe that because I, you know, I think uh, knowing how much it means to me and how much it means to a lot of people that are into it, mm-hmm. it's kind of the missing link. I think between hardcore and indie music mm-hmm. came out on Revelation Records, who mm. would go on to very much have that post-hardcore, like proto-emotional hardcore yeah, sure. sound, which was you know kind of like hard-edged riffs, hard you know, but but people talking very poetically about their feelings had a lot in common with you know the re-release of this album had a, a Smiths cover on it, and that's uh, you know okay. if you, you can draw a direct line between the Smiths. 
and hardcore with this. Right, um, that's the stepping stone. And, and, you know, it's Walter Shreefalls, who had previously been in, you know, Gorilla Biscuits, would go on to be in rival schools who yeah. would achieve a lot more success in this country. Yes. I guess, despite being, in my opinion, a far inferior band. Mm-hmm. Sergio Vega, who is now the bass player in Deftones. Right. Uh, Tom Capone and uh, Alan Cage. Uh, Tom Capone had a brilliant solo album as well well not solo album side project side project but look this is this is just a a lean tour album of riff after riff song after song just some of the most impassioned heartfelt lyrics just stuff that when i heard this it just spoke to me Mm -hmm. you know did you hear this kind of immediately upon release in I heard of it February '93. Yeah, probably not in February '93, but not long after there. Okay. Um, it was just immediately one of the best things I'd ever heard. Right. This is a record that I listen to. I would say at least once a month. Am I right in saying that this is one of the bands that, when they re- announced they were going to reform, you considered flying to America to see it? I did fly to America. Oh, was it you, this is one you did. Yeah. No. Right. I, basically, they 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 reformed. Um, and they always they had a bit more of a following in the states, kind of like, sure. kind of college radio scene. They were never an enormous band, but very influential, very influential on bands mm. like Deftones and, and a lot of those California bands. Uh, and yeah, they reformed in well, 2013, maybe right. I can't remember. Um, and I was really worried that there wouldn't be any UK dates, and yeah. they, they subsequently were. Um, but yeah, me and my friend Darren uh, flew out to Chicago where my friend Chris was living. Yeah. Went and saw him. One of the best experiences of my life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Brilliant. you know, they, they've reformed. Brilliant. And, you know, this 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 album is a perfect record. Second album, Manic Compression, uh, is a good album. I really like it. Um, doesn't really hold up to the same level of scrutiny, but has got Fine. some really good songs in it. They've released new music now um, as oh, a three-piece. Yeah, the, right. the guitar, other guitarists as quite a troubled gentleman had to leave the tour. So I'm like, Fine. when they played in the UK, they played as a three-piece. So I'm glad I saw him as a four-piece. Oh, okay, yeah, no, that that's makes yeah, some makes drug, it better. Some drug problems and stuff. So he, he being on the road, wasn't he couldn't the get right the right ones in the UK. Yeah. yeah, no, he got thrown off the tour for shoplifting and getting. Yeah, oh, God, yeah, right. Um, if I have the time, I might even record a a, a personal special and put nice. it out on the feed. I doubt I'll have. I doubt, I doubt I'll have the yeah. time, but I it's fucking idea. love this record. And if you have never heard "Slip by Quicksand," mm. go and listen to it. All right, look, there's your albums. Let's uh, get back into E17 though. <laughs> So, track number four on this is Love is More Than a Feeling. And this is the first one that uh, isn't produced by that core production team. Yeah. All right. Uh, So, it's a bit of a different song. Let's play this. Hmm. A bit of a Balearic feel to it. I see what you're saying. I mean, I, this is almost like first album Prodigy beat. Yeah, it. or kind of, you know, that kind of, that skip zone to Prodigy and Bomb the Bass. Yeah, sure. So, you know, we've got, we look, we've got more breathy Tony on this one, haven't we? Breathy Tony. Fuck, I've, I've described terrible. him here as, a, a, as like a wise asthmatic. Oh, lovely. <laughs> I'm sure he'd be very pleased <laughs> He's with that. a wise asthmatic. Yeah, yeah like I said, I've, I've written here Prodigy. But it's also kind of got a little bit of that kind of Grebo vibe on it. You can almost hear a little bit of that kind oh, yeah. of... 
you know, that kind of scratch it, loop it, fuck it kind of oh, PWE kind of the, yeah. the way the samples are in and stuff. Look, this has got some fun ravey bits in the track, but mm-hmm. I mean, undoubtedly Tony's vocals absolutely ruin any promise it has. Oh, this is awful. Yeah, it's awful. I mean, I've just put, I've just put, it's not funny enough. Thumbs down. Okay, no, I get what you're saying because yeah, there's not a redeeming feature to it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this one, this is a four-minute song. Mm-hmm. Um, there are 42 lines in the song. Yeah. 29 of them mm-hmm. are love is more than a feeling or love is more than a feeling to me. That's, yeah. that's all it is. This song is uh, is a non-song, really. It's like they came up with an idea and forgot to write anything for it but until the last I, minute. I feel like they've, they've tried to make a dance tune. Well, maybe so. Yeah, maybe exactly. And it's, they've just got, all right, let's have one line hook and spin it out. Yeah, I think maybe, maybe, their, maybe their their thought at the time was this will be the track because obviously they're inspired by rave culture. Definitely. So maybe they were hoping that this would be their you know this would be their one that kind of took them out into the dance clubs and I maybe see, yeah, got yeah. them a bit of a dancey following or something along those lines. Or Magaluf probably. Yeah. No, maybe so. Um, this is obviously this is also the first one that we've seen that wasn't a single, and I can see exactly why because I don't think there's any catchiness to this. You couldn't. Remember this as soon as well, it's I mean, done. there were six singles off this album, weren't yeah, there? there? Were. Ten track album. Uh, yes, one of oh, them. Oh no, wait, one was one, one of them was being the West End Girls. Yeah. yeah. So if we say there are five singles off the original release, yeah, yeah, this is one of the ones that wasn't, and I, I totally agree with that decision. There's nothing in this one for me. This is just nah. a, just a, a bad track, and it, you know, I can't even enjoy it with my nod and my wink. No, nope, fair enough. All right, uh, moving swiftly on then. Oh, to. Uh, I disagree. I disagree. Track number five. Hang on a minute. Let me just crack my knuckles. <laughs> oh. You got a lot to say about this, have you? Let's let's play it. Okay, so we're starting off with a bit of dirty bass. Mm-hmm. Little stereo panning sample. And this one was produced by a guy called uh, Michael Riley, who was in Steel Pulse. Wow. Yeah. How did he get involved with these? Who knows, man? Strings. Oh, yeah. Strings, you say. Here comes the knowledge. And what knowledge? But what knowledge? This yeah, some radical thinking going on in this song. I, and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there and say this is the pinnacle of lyrics on this record. <laughs> right. I mean I started I started um, to try and pick out the funny lyrics in this song. Sure, yeah. And what I realised is I was just transcribing the song. (laughs) And I went, I like literally, I might just have to read the whole song out as a poem. (laughs) Oh, imagine doing this at a beat poetry night. Oh my God. Because look, this is, this is every 16 year old stoner's opinion ever. It's just war is bad. Violence is bad. Yeah, prisons it, it, are it, bad. It's, it's, I mean, just, just to recap, in case anyone hasn't heard it, and I would thoroughly recommend you hear this one. Yeah, much in the same way as that fucking ragamuffin song on uh, the on New Kids. New Kids yeah, sure. Because this one, this really is something. This song, I think. Right. Okay. Uh, uh, and it's called "I Disagree," and it's basically yes. a, a list of things he's written in a rap style about things he disagrees with. Often sure. with scant regard for whether the words scan or not. Mm, yes, I would agree with that. It's not you know, I mean, a, a like, you know, He's got a thing where, he, I mean, what it should say is, I di- disagree with law because it's hypocrisy. Because right? that's how it scans. Sure, yeah. But because he, because he wants to say it's mother hypocrisy, it, he, he's changed it. Also, mother hypocrisy is ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So he changes it and goes, 
I disagree with law because it's mother hypocrisy. And it's like, right. that's, that doesn't work. Forcing it. You're not like, not doing like some Darth effecty, like fucking <laughs> tongue, tongue trip. trip. Yeah. Like you're not doing that. You know, that's, you're not, you're not M&M with a fucking compound. It's rubbish, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but the, the rest of that, man cannot be caged. Man is love and love is free. Yeah. You mm. want to know if man can be caged? Find out your mate Brian Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> what was that article we were looking at earlier? Fucking, he got arrested for being uh, making sort of threatening texts or something. Yeah, threatening malicious communication. malicious communication, and then he live streamed yes, it. The police his arrest. Yeah, fucking. Yeah, this was last month that this happened. It's not like oh, this was back in '93, and he did get done for some stuff back in the '90s. Yeah. This was last month, March 2021. I mean, I think you know there is a very, very good chance that Brian Harvey spent a little bit too long in the House of Love. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean. Whenever someone says Brian Harvey to you, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Baked potatoes run over his own head. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And look, exactly. Man, right. And just in terms of double standards, right? Look, <laughs> we were really, really clear when we did the Sinead O'Connor episode yep. that we didn't want to take the piss out of people with mental illness, right? Yep. And I'm fairly sure Brian Harvey has suffered from mental illness. I'm also fairly sure that it is the result of the enormous amount of ecstasy he consumed. Yes. And cocaine. Yes. Look, let's not let's not forget that Brian Harvey was with Daniela Westbrook when she snorted so much cocaine that her nose fell out. Indeed. Right? <laughs> and, and look, Brian Harvey's nose is intact, but his brain has fallen out. Yeah. And, I mean, to be fair, wearing a hat that tight can't have helped. And running over your own head in the car. No, I mean, you know, I mean... It, it, for anyone who doesn't know the story, he fell out of a car that he was reversing out of his driveway and it ran him over. And the story, because people were going, A, was it a suicide attempt? Yeah. And B, all right, had you done too many drugs? And he went, no, 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 I'd eaten too many baked potatoes, so I opened the door to vomit and fell out and ran over my own head. Who eats more than one exactly. baked potato? He said, I, was, I stuffed myself so full of baked potatoes. Look, Christa, right? Mm-hmm. If anyone here was going to have eaten more than one baked potato in a sitting, uh-huh. it would be you or some, one of your countrymen. Absolutely. And we'd take great pride in it and we'd uh, enter ourselves in the national competition for baked potato eating. I couldn't eat more than one. No, of course not. Absolutely not. But if I did, I don't think it would affect me so much that I would fall out of a car and run myself over. No. No. But anyway, so that's Brian Harvey. Yeah. Yes, fair enough. So we're a little bit off off piste. Um, Back to this song. And we've already said some of the terrible lyrics. Mm-hmm. There are more allusions to our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ in this one. You know, yeah. we've got, I disagree the world will end on 2,000 years because I know the Lord will come before the final fall of tears. Rubbish. Mm. Absolute bullshit. But this entire thing is the most simplistic version of, I'll tell you what's bad, man. Oh, it's yeah. Fucking, isn't I mean, look, bad? I mean, he, he does, uh, look, you say that, mm. there are some controversial things there. He does challenge, you know, he does kind of. Well, he says the law em- is bad. Well, you know, he pushes the envelope a little bit, you know, like against the, the tide of consensus. Like, I mean, mm. there's a point here where he says, I disagree with murder. Mm. Because I know that is wrong. And it's like, well, fucking mind blown. Fair play, mate. Mind blown. Because I know there's obviously a big pro-murder contingent in the UK. Indeed. I wish he'd said that earlier because there was loads of murders before 1993. And then there weren't any afterwards, obviously. That is true. But I'll tell you what, though, right? I mean, I'll tell you what he should do, Mm. should have done with his disagreeing with murder and disagreeing with violence, um, you know, which is another one of the violence. But um, obviously, if, if those were two things he felt, so strongly about it. he possibly shouldn't have been a pallbearer at one of the craze funerals oh my god isn't that a weird fact how, how did that come about 
Uh, I don't know. What happened? Surely uh, he must have befriended him in prison or something. Uh, no idea. I mean, obviously, not East End boys, so... But... Sure, but, uh, you know, it's not like... I can't imagine the craze were going, this E17's a bit of a bop. That's, that's uh, Can you phone up Tony Mortimer and uh, we'll have a chat? How the fuck did the two come into the same... I don't I don't I... know, but I'm almost willing to bet that Barbara Windsor's involved oh, somehow. That's very possible. God rest her soul. Anyway. Yeah. Like, this is a five-minute song, yeah? Yeah. And... The first half is that, you know, what we just heard is kind of a very slow, not much of a beat going on. And then about halfway through, a break beat comes mm-hmm. in. And I was like, oh, okay, is it going to go further? And I was like, no, this really low in the mix break yeah. beat, insipid, washed out version of it. And I was like, oh, this is dull, dull, dull the whole way through. Yeah. And what also, right, it's called I Disagree. Mm-hmm. Like I say, five minutes long. Uh, how many times do you reckon they say I Disagree in this song? Oh, I don't know. 73. 73? 73 times. So once every eight seconds. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that you've counted that. Mate. That's a throwback to the new contest. It phase. really is. I was like, no, there's a couple other ones as well. There's just, again, it's one of those ones where they've just written a title and sung that an awful lot and the rest of it is like, oh, don't yeah. worry about the rest. I mean, I think this song, it is so utterly, gloriously terrible. Oh, yeah. In every way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not even going to claim to enjoy this as a piece of music, right? <laughs> right. But as a piece of performance art, <laughs> fuck me. I mean, look, the only way you know this isn't a Lonely Island song is because if it was, the rapping would be better. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe whenever you get um, your comedian gigs going up again. Use this as your intro. My comedian's gigs. Uh, comedians. Have you su- have you suddenly become my mum? <laughs> you know, when you get your comedian's you gigs know. up and running again. Yeah, exactly. Use this as uh, your coming out on stage music. Oh, I fucking might do. Just, just. Oh, my God, it would be good, wouldn't it? And then pump your fist as you're coming out. Yeah, I disagree. Oh, I fucking might use an E17 <laughs> song. Amazing. But no, this. Oh. I mean, look, this is a terrible song. Yeah. But... God, I had fun. Oh, yeah, exactly. I had so much fun. What? Uh, who, why didn't someone stop him? I know, mate. I know. How did this get past, again, the three la- layers of record company execs and managers and stuff? I, I mean, no this idea. is people doing an awful lot of cocaine, isn't it? It's got to be. Really, I was surprised at how bad it was. Laughed the entire time, every time mm-hmm. it was coming through. And, uh, you know, it's not one of the ones that... Like you said, um, that gold one grew on you. Every time I heard this, I was like, oh, I can't believe this has happened again. It's up there with uh, A to the Z, isn't it? Uh, a to the D, the renegade Jew. A to the D. <laughs> Fuck it up. Okay. Uh, right, so that's track number five. We're halfway through. Uh, should we do number six? Yes, indeed. Right, so that's Gotta Do Something. Gotta Do Something, man. Gotta Do Something. Gotta Do Something. Gotta do Mostly something. drugs. Yeah. yeah gotta do some pills. Oh, we've got a big acapella intro. Yeah. There is this Brian, is <laughs> Brian Darby's truly awful nasal voice. <laughs> Shit, it's so bad. And there's a bit in this. Actually, I see. That line there. Mountains out of. I think it's supposed to say wheat. Yeah. But it definitely says we. It's yeah, it mountains really does. of wheat. Look, what this is, as well, right? When you listen, when you listen to this and you kick it in. Yeah. And tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah. This is this is a seal track. I got that impression. Yeah, it does. It sounds like uh, like a worse version of crazy. Yeah. What I put here is this is a seal track ruined by idiots. <laughs> and the thing is, right, for a song where it's called "We Got to Do Something," mm. it's pretty sort of suggestions of what. You know, you know, 
if you've, if you've ever worked for any manager, they'll, they'll probably say to you, "Don't bring me, don't bring me problems, bring me solutions." Yeah, of course. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. you'd imagine that they've never had a job. Uh, well, roofing. But, <laughs> and I'm not fucking slagging off roofers, but oh, like, shit, roofers no. make fucking money. Mate, I wish I knew how to do that. But uh, this is terrible and like you said there aren't yeah there, there's no actual solutions being proposed it's just we should do something about these bad things yeah we've got to do something we've got to do something well you're going to do something I'll do something well, we, we should do absolutely well, so we're all going to do something fucking brilliant and the Problem song solved. ends for anyone to, but there's some fucking lyrics in here right yeah another one of Tony's raps uh, surprisingly mm. but he goes something for the rich something for the poor something for the ones who aren't quite sure Who's he talking about? People who are unsure of their financial situation. What's that? It's like, oh, hang on a minute. I might be rich. I might be poor. I've not checked my lottery numbers. Right, okay. Yeah, or let let me see if... uh my horse is coming. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, no, I, I, yeah, I, I, I started off the day with a million pounds, but I put it all on black. <laughs> yeah. I haven't turned around and looked at what it was yet. Fucking, what's wrong with you fucking people, man? And the the lyric, the, the do... I can't even do what he does. The do, to do, to do something. Mm-hmm. Like, that's awful. That's, again, you're forcing something into a line which shouldn't, which doesn't work. Yeah. Do, a do, a do something. Do, to do, to do. Whatever it is, don't do it. Please. Don't do it. You don't got to do that. It's incredibly silly. Yeah, so this one, it's kind of a little bit like Law of Diminishing Returns of the previous song, isn't it? The war is bad. It's like, you know, it's almost like these are two similar. You should have just picked one of these two. Sure. Uh, there's more religious stuff in this one. There are more lines about Jesus and God, about uh, we sacrificed our future, crucified our past, um, everybody helped this world, everybody prayed, this sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. again, we are getting, you know, quite a bit of religious imagery going yeah. on. Um, and this is what? This is four minutes 20, right? And the last 90 seconds or so, is just a repetition of, uh, yeah, we've got to do something, yeah, we've got to do something. Um, and it, it sort of gets a little bit louder, the beat gets a bit heavier as it ramps yeah. up and up. And I'll be honest, I kind of like that bit. I did, oh, really? I, did. I got into that, I was like, all right, yeah, this is this is a groove, just the repetition of it, bam, bam, bam. Yeah, but the build of it, I kind of like that. But then it finished and it just went into this sort of plinky-plonky sound, like sounded like like the windows closing down music. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, okay, and we've just finished from nowhere. Didn't go anywhere at all. But yeah, for, for 90 seconds, I was like, all right, this is this is okay. This is building nicely. And then, flop. But no, it, overall, shite. Real, oh, yeah, yeah, real shite. shite. Yeah, there's, again, it's, you know, it's got some funny moments, but there are better gems to pick. Fine, absolutely. All right. Uh, so track number seven then? Slow it down. Slow it down. Well, so yeah, my initial thing on this was like, oh, that's a nice beat, yeah. and then, oh, this is not a nice vocal. That's where it is. So you know, so yeah, but what? God, listen to that. It's just horrible. I mean, it really is bad, man. Yeah. I mean, look. The, oh. So obviously, what they're attempting here is an R and B slowdown. Absolutely. You know, kind of in that kind of new jack swing, kind of ninety soul tradition. Yep. The problem with it is the last thing that is going to get you or your lady in the mood is these two fucking mouth breathers. Oh. <laughs> I mean, this uh, one this, this one should have been called Love on the Ear, Nose and Throat Ward. <laughs> oh. I, mean, it, I mean, it really is. It's like fucking... One of, one of them's got fucking COPD and the other one's got some fucking kind of nasal <laughs> fucking prolapse. Yeah, this is just horrible again. It's a song about... 
Um, oh, you need to you need to pump the brakes, make love, don't just fuck that sort of stuff. And again, this like we said before, you you said it in the, the other slow one. It rings entirely false yeah. to me. Um, not, none of the people in this band have ever had a long, languorous night of sex, of, of lovemaking and passion and, and romance. They have banged some groupies behind the bins at Ritzy's mm-hmm. and, you know, then run off giving them a fake number yeah. to never see them again. Or they just jackhammer their their no, see, horrible what, girlfriend for two minutes. What, what what I believe they've done is no, I, I believe that when they've had some money, they've they've had the whole thing, they've had it prepared, they've had the champagne on ice, they've oh, yeah. had the silk sheets, you know, kind of the they've been ready for it. But before it's kind of got to that point, they've just done loads of fucking Charlie and things have all gone fucking janky and pear shaped. Okay, yeah, that yeah, and just squalid. I just, oh, squalid. I, is yeah, the word. I mean, I just yeah, I just don't believe there's you know. I believe in their mind it starts off like a fucking R. Kelly video but ends up basically like bottom. Like R. Kelly's sheets. Oh, <laughs> <up>. <laughs> also, right, fair enough, I don't believe that they've ever had a night of sex like they're trying to sing about. I also don't believe they want to. I've, I don't think they it's in their vocabulary to have a night of what they're trying to portray. Uh, but i tell you what though, right? I, what I will say mm. is that out of everyone... In all of the bands that we've covered mm-hmm. uh, since we started doing this podcast, John Hendy is prob- would probably be the most useful bloke to have as a next door neighbour. Straight up, like, straight like, oh, up. Uh, fucking hell, John, my my gates got stuck. You, mate, have you got? Uh, have you have you got? Can you help me out with this? Oh yeah, mate, no worries, don't worry. I bet he's an absolute fucking diamond. Yeah, sure. I bet he's like, oh, you, I bet he's got a load of good stories about the good old days. Oh my! But he doesn't take oh, it my. too seriously. Mm. And I bet he's, you know, he, he probably has the piss taken out of him on the job site all the time. So he's got a very thick skin. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you on the job site, once as soon as someone finds out who he is and that sort of shit, I bet you songs like this suddenly get put onto the uh, the shuffle. Oh, mate, I, I, I bet he's... he's <laughs> li- Oi, John, remember this one? Slow it down, mate. <laughs> slow it down, mate. You couldn't slow it down much, could you? <laughs> Tea break, I'm, I'm saying it because he's quite slow at doing his job. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, right. I mean, this is, to me, incredibly dull as a song. Uh, it sounds like they've just stolen uh, a soul to soul beat. Yep. and put some softcore smart over the top of it yep. with heavy breathing mm-hmm. and God, that'll do. Will that do? That'll do? That'll do. This look, was a fucking single. Let's be honest though, right? Mm. We've got to be fair to them. Mm-hmm. They have poured their heart and soul into deep. Well, yes. And this is what's left. Okay, this is the uh, the puddle afterwards. And this yeah, is the wet spot. Right? And, and, and that's a good analogy, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I will put up with a damp spot because I've had the night of passion, right? Uh-huh. And if I get to have deep, I'll have this. Oh, right, if you have to. Okay. Yep. Do you know uh, what I mean? So. Cause and effect. Yeah. I'm all right with it. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I don't want to hear this song ever again. No. But if you said to me, you can never hear deep again unless you hear this song. I'll, okay, no, I'll it's hear it's this song. You'll make that deal. Yeah. This was, like I said, this was the fourth single. And this got to number 13 as well. Like, so relatively good. Relatively, yeah. I mean, know, that's fan. Doing that's, that's fan base. Oh, it absolutely thing, is. Right? It's fan base and it's teenage girls thinking that this is sexy. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it went top 20 in the UK and Ireland. It got to number one, though, in Israel. Because apparently they're a bunch of perverts. Nice. Yeah. And the video for this is as dull as you'd expect from the song. Um, it does feature them kind of in a load of very 90s, bright, United Colours of Benetton-style clothing, yeah. trying to be a bit sexy. And it's it's cringy as all shit, as you can imagine. Um, and more 
absolutely stupid hats. I might try and get a collage of the hats in the videos, oh, yeah. just as how bad they are. Um, but when I was watching the video for this on YouTube, there are only 23 comments mm-hmm. on the official upload of this from London Records. And most of them are going, oh, yeah, man, this this brings me back, or this is just as relevant today as it was in 93. But the very first comment that was on there, the right at the bottom, was just some bloke going, did it always sound this crap? Amazing. <laughs> That's it. Amazing. And I'm guessing it probably did, even at the time. Surely people must have I mean, realized. look, man, there, there, are, there are a lot of kind of... 13-year-old girls that lost their virginity to this song. Yeah, yeah. And... Regretted it since. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and have never been able to drink a Bacardi barista since. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, right, right okay, so, so let's take a break. Yeah, we're two-thirds of the way through, so we'll do the singles this week. All right, so uh, the singles for the week, February 21st to 27th. Number 10, uh, we saw it last week, is West End featuring Sybil, The Love I Lost. Number 9... Down from last last time we saw it was Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You. Finally off the top of the charts. Number eight, and you're going to know this. See how quick you get it. Yeah, that's um, uh, Depeche Mode, um, uh, I Feel You. Yes, it is. Absolutely. And so that is, uh, I think, a new entry at eight for this one. That's a big That's that's low for a Depeche Mode. For a single, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is such a good song. Whenever that came out, I loved it because I had really enjoyed Personal Jesus and stuff off uh, Violator. This was the first thing since then, wasn't it? And when this came out, I was like, oh, that is a big, heavy, bam, riff. Really enjoyed it. Just hard, heavy. Really cool. We're doing this album, aren't we? We are. In a couple of couple of podcasts time, we're going to have to do the full album. Uh, so number seven is E17's Deep, which is obviously we just talked about. Number six, Michael Jackson, Give In To Me, which is why his uh, album's back in the charts. Mm-hmm. Number five, actually, I'll not play this because we're going to have to do this. Lenny Kravitz, Are You Going To Go My Way? Ooh. Is, is in at five, and we're going to do that album coming yes, up. Yes, we are. Uh, so that we'll just talk about that then. Number four, eh... You'll know it, but it's a big, long intro. So yeah, it might uh, take a while to get. Um, and I, I kind of only... The main thing about this is is her having two songs Whatever in the top ten at the same time. Want, you need, is it Mariah? Nope. Oh, it's fucking Whitney Houston. It is Whitney Houston. I'm every woman. Yeah. I'm yeah. um, every woman. <laughs> I really like this tune. I think this is a very catchy song. Um, every woman. Um, so it's number four, um, and I always love you is number nine. So yeah, one of them's going down, one of them's going up, which is how she did her drugs, I believe. Hey. Um, <laughs> number, number three is a double A side, and this was the new one. Come into these arms again and lay your body down. Ringing bells? Yeah, it is, but I don't mm-hmm. know why. I mean, I think this one was off of a movie soundtrack. And we've done the album that the other song came the other double A side bit came from. Nah, not gonna come. Nah, gone. Annie Lennox. That's it. It's love song for a vampire. Oh, from interviewed vampire. I think so. I think it was, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it's double it's A side with track. Little Bird, which was right. obviously off Diva, which is why Diva's back in the charts at that ah, point. Okay, that would make yeah. sense. Uh, number two, and we did a different song by these guys in the last podcast, so they're chucking singles out at a rate of knots. These are the ones that aren't E17. I take that. Yeah. But this doesn't sound like take that. Yeah, this is Why Can't I Wake Up With You. Yeah. And so that's number two at the minute anyway. God, I forgot all about that song. Yeah. It gives you an idea how many hits take that had. Indeed. And like you say, you know, in the Little Angels one, we talked about the singles that were released in that time and Could It Be Magic was out at that point. Yeah. And then not even, well, a month later, this is in the charts at number two. I mean, like, I mean, I remember that there was always a take that song when I was at sixth form. Right. I just, there was always it a seemed, Every couple of months, I just put in one out, put in one out, yeah. yeah. Um, so that, and then Two Unlimited with No Limit is number one, which mm-hmm. we saw last time. Uh, other stuff that's out in the February 7th, 27th period. Well, there's this one. <laughs> Got to number seven. Australian stock oh, fuck me. Oh, he's a celebrity paedophile. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Two little boys. This is uh, Rolf Harris and his version of Stairway to Heaven. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Can you tell what it is, you kids? <laughs> yep. Uh, that got to number seven, like I say. Number 12, uh, St. Etienne released You're in a Bad Way, mm-hmm. which I thought was all right. But, you know, as as a very selective St. Etienne fan, I thought that wasn't one of their best. Okay. It's all right. All right. This one got to number 14. And I'm pretty sure I didn't like this at the time, but I'm going back to it. It's really catchy. That's Sting. Yeah. Is it Englishman in New York? No. No, it's no. Hang on. I mean, it's one of those ones that oh, if you sing if your I way... If I ever lose my faith in yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. 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 You sing your way through to the chorus. Lose yeah. my faith in Yeah, it was yeah. A, good, a good chorus, actually. I'm not, I'm not fucking with that tune. No, it's a, it's a big, catchy chorus. Uh, Thunder released A Better Man. We've got yeah. number 18. The fuck? Again, fan base on that. Poison released a song called Stand. Never heard of it in my life. Um, no. No. Uh, all right. This one only got to number 32. And this was the first time we'd seen this band. Ringing some bells. And if you put it like this, this is probably the last time they ever only saw number 32 in the charts. Fuck me. Yeah, it's Radiohead. Jesus Christ, that was that. that took, my brain is really sluggish. You're struggling tonight, man. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm tired and, yeah. I, and I'm struggling to hear it a little bit. Right, as well. fair enough. Um, so yeah, that's Radiohead with anyone can play guitar, which yeah. is their first single proper. Um, and I remember that coming out and thinking this is a bit dull. Yeah. Uh, right, number twenty-three. Uh, skip some of these playing them. In excess released "Beautiful Girl," which was off 
yeah. uh, that album that we did. Um, Senseless Things released Primary Instinct, which, mm-hmm. and they were just releasing a single a week at that point, it sounded like. Um, this one only got to number 67, and you'll absolutely know this one. Oh, oh, it's fucking uh, Tribal Quest. Uh, so nope. I can't hear it very well. Nickelback Funk. Uh, Diggable Planets. Diggable Planets? Yeah. It's, uh, no, it's uh, Diggable Planets. It's, uh, it's not Nickelbags, is it? It's the nope. other one. It's, um, it's Rebirth of Slick. fucking Slick. So I should really get on my tits. Rebirth of Slick. Why can I not remember fucking things that I know tonight? Uh... And yeah, that only got to number 67, but I do remember that coming out. I, d- I never really got into the album. I only heard the album a couple of years after, but I thought that single was great. Uh, Meet Bit Manifesto released Mindstream. Don't remember it. I remember them being around at the time, but I don't remember that single. All I remember about Meat Beat Manifesto really is well, when Big Beat was a thing, they're just being a Meat Beat Manifesto remix. On yeah, every... Jack Dangers was everywhere at that yeah. point, yeah. Neil Young released Harvest Moon. Got to number 36. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. Wasn't a fan. Couldn't give a yeah. shit at that point. Uh, but a couple that I, I do remember. This one I, we've talked about many times. This was released and got to number 35 at this point. So Pantera Walk with down. Walk, indeed. And then this one, this only got to number 74, which I was surprised about. Um, but maybe it was a bigger deal in Northern Ireland whenever I was still living over there this is cranberries or something it is the cranberries which one um, I think this is their first single this is Linger yeah 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 do you have to let it linger that one um and I was surprised. I, they also, I thought, oh, maybe they re-released it at some point and it got higher. Never did. So 74 was the, the biggest one for this. But I, I remember that coming out anyway. I mean, that was all over MTV, that song. Yeah, I think it was. Maybe big in America then. I'm not sure. You have to let but, it linger. A song that could be about nothing other than a fart. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so there you go. There's, there's a load of singles for you anyway. Lovely stuff. Yeah. Uh, but let's get into the last third of this uh, E17 album. All right. This next track is called I Want It. Indeed, track number eight. I Want It. There it is. Bit of a fair grind. Mr. Bungle. Okay. Uh-huh. okay. So we're coming in with that kind of hip-hop funk yeah. vibe. Sure. So, this, you know, I mean, this has kind of got a little bit of that kind of young black teenagers dance effectsy yeah. kind of you know that kind yeah, of sure. you know almost actually almost a little bit of that kind of predator era ice cube okay. rolling bouncy hard funk look to it now and the thing is right if you're going to go with a kind of golden age of hip hop style beat mm-hmm. nothing particularly in retrospect will expose a terrible rapper than a beat that sounds like this cuz you're used to you know you're used to hearing masters of their craft kind of doing the most inventive stuff over these type of beats and look uh, this in and of itself is not a bad beat really it's not 
And that that bit where it's the kind of the the posse bit going, oh, I want it now. Yeah. That, that that works for me, you know. He could have sold this, and this could have been a very good song for a better artist. I've got exactly. I've said that if if you took that bit and made it a hook for someone else with some a different MC, could have been yeah. something else. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, this you know this tune doesn't work for them because because he's not a good enough he's not a good enough rapper. Mm-hmm. But. You know, uh, you know. Also, it, it, the lyrics. Oh, and the, the lyrics are dog shit. Yeah. Absolute dog shit. But the tuning of itself, mm. if you go, oh, that's a Tony Mortimer beat, and that's what he's done, he's put that together. You're like, do you know what? If you have, that's fair play. He, he could have probably put some decent beats together in that era. Yeah. Yeah, but lyrically, it is, it's not a list song, and, but this time it's not about things that are bad and I disagree with or we've got to do something about mm-hmm. it. It's a list song about this is what I want. Yeah. Because you know, so the song's called I Want It. Yeah. And so it's just a big list of things like I want a, a car. Yeah. I want a big house. Yeah. You know, but it goes, it runs the gamut. It goes through like they want a holiday. They want to be a star, whatever it is. And then they also want some love and they want a peace. So they've got right. material shit and then they've got some spiritual shit. Okay. But all this stuff that they want. Mm-hmm. I suppose as long as they don't buy it with actual gold, it's no fine. No gold. No, no, no. No yeah, gold. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no conflict of interest here, is there? No. Um, but then they, they also they get into some ridiculous nonsense. Because fair enough, who doesn't want a nice house? Who doesn't yeah. want a nice car? All that shit. But then, for example, one of the things he says, you know, he's trying to impress upon you just how badly he wants some of these things. One of the yeah. lines is, I want it like butter wants to be with the knife. Yeah. Uh, we're, no. we're back to this metaphor again. I don't, okay. don't go. What? And then I want it like a tear from an eye wants to cry. Yeah. Well, the tear doesn't cry. The tear from the eye wants to cry. Well, no, it doesn't. The eye wants to cry. Yeah. Or it probably doesn't want it because who wants to cry? It, anyway, it's just some nonsense. It's absolute gibberish mm-hmm. at this point. And five minutes 40, this one. Mm-hmm. The song's called I Want It. How many times do you reckon they say I want it in that time? Oh, uh, I'm going to go... Well, we were at 73 before. 73, yes. I'm on right. a shorter song. I'm going to go 86. 107. 107. 107. So once every three seconds. Wow, that is, that is impressive. Just oh, forgot I mean, to write anything else. It, you know, could have been could have been a good song for someone else. That's where Precisely. That, that, that bit, the told you that I want it, and now I'm going to get it. That bit, hip-hop beat behind it. Cut mm-hmm. that. Bam, someone else. You're in. Yeah. It, this is... This Send is, it to the laws of the underground. Fine. Anyway, right, so... Right. That's number eight. Number so, nine, then. Number nine. Right. This is the big single. The big single, okay. And this this was actually the sixth single, so the last one, because we had had the release of the single uh, West End Girls. Their version yeah. of West End Girls had come before this, which was added to the album in a re-release. Yeah. But this was the final single from the album, released December 1993, and got to number three, the highest-placing one. But, man... So we've got, look, we've got the big keys. Yeah. Brian sounding vaguely human for the most part yeah, here. I mean, still but pretty. I mean, look, I mean, no, yeah. but hang on. This, I mean, this bum note coming up here is a brilliant. That's true. Yeah. It's like, I mean, auto-tune has got rid of that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I remember this. From the time, I'm yep. pretty sure I dismissed it because, like, oh, whatever, pop nonsense. Yeah. I, but I do absolutely remember it. This was a big deal at the time. Christmas time, big single. His explosion, big Westwood explosion yep. in the background, down in the mix, and we're in a fucking oh, we party. Come yeah, on, mate. this is the money maker, man. 
and you cut this open, it says fucking pop tune, man. This Banger. is a big pop banger, Look, yeah. Man, I loved this song at the time. Mm, oh, right, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and, like, this is probably the only song on here that, you know, you can stake a claim as a legitimate song that you could potentially enjoy without irony. Okay, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I would give this as a non-guilty pleasure. I mean, I still have to say it is something of a guilty pleasure mm. simply because of the rap. Fine. Okay. Oh, but my God, I love the rap in this. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I, I've slated him throughout, man. But, yeah. And, and it's not that this is even really any better, but it's just like, one, he's kept it short. Thankfully. Yeah, Absolutely. he's, he's, he's yeah. kept it short. It's just a, it's a, a little interlude. It comes in like a little fucking palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking great, man. It's, it, I mean, it's just so much fun. I mean, it's pop rap of the most basic, uh, lowest common denominator level that he's doing. But this, when he puts it on top of this tune, um, and, and this song as well, if you take away the members of E17 and just listen to the actual song it's things like this could be by Snap or CNC Music Factory it's one of those big oh, party tunes without a doubt man yeah, yeah. without a doubt it, it is, it's just that big kind of nice and quiet at the start it's got the uh, you know it's kind of got the beautiful kind of keys thing you I know. do enjoy that I enjoy the journey that, that it takes you on it's got this nice gentle easing you in before smack in the face uh, or just puts his dick on your shoulder and, you know this record probably sold fucking half the units of the album yeah yeah I'd imagine and so. you know it's it's a legit track i uh, mm-hmm. you know if, if you if you like a, a dumb pop song this mm-hmm. is a fucking quality dumb pop song absolutely i reckon if you went to a 90s night right and you asked the dj to play some e17 yeah. this is the one you're going to get you know because deep is too slow house of love it's okay but if you if you're going to choose one it's going to be this one. I mean, if it was if it was nearer Christmas, oh, you get staying all day. You get staying all oh, day. Of course. But no, for for a dance floor a hit, this is the one, surely. Yeah, yeah. This got to number one in France, Ireland, and Switzerland. Nice. Uh, number number two in Germany and Latvia. Uh, it reached number one for seven weeks in Australia Fucking and wound hell. up being the fourth highest selling single of the year out there. And it also reached number one in Israel as well. They were all over E17, Fucking apparently, Israel. Really? They were, well, weren't they? they? Middle East 17. Middle East 17. <laughs> Oh, fucking, there must be a covers band out. If they were that popular, <laughs> there imagine. must be a fucking covers band. Um, there, there was a review that I read of this single in Music Week at the time. So Music Week is kind of the music industry yeah. uh, I know. Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it seems both over the top and entirely misinformed. Right. Quote is, it rings the changes, a reggae roller coaster that moves from a UB40 style lead vocal through raga and dub. What are you on about? me? Where does it... This what? song? No idea, mate. This is a different song. They're, they're listening to a different song. They must be. Yeah. They, Maybe they, they put on Apache Indian. It's oh, fun. Fucking hell. <laughs> Cheese and a kick and a bun. Doing a voice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all, all I'll say, man, is I'll say, uh, take your nightmares, change to dream, flip like a rhythm, like a stream. Fear no evil, fear no man. Open up the mind and the beat goes bam. Rip and rolling, running smooth. Oh, fuck it, I can't bother. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, man. I love that fucking song. It's so fucking good. Anyway. Uh, this was covered by a few different people. Wigfield did a cover version of this in, like, 95. Okay. So not long after. Um, Kim Wilde did one in about 2011. Wow. Which is not good. And a punk band called Axel Sweat did one in, like, the following year 
Cool. In a, a punk style, as exactly as you'd imagine. I, I used to sing this song at people all the time. Is that right? I, I okay. think I probably floated doing a cover of this in a band that I was in at some point. It, it would it would make sense. That would work in a lot of different ways, yeah. Uh, the video for this, this is one of the more um, high-quality videos, shall we say. It's the sure. money spent on it. They're on a stage, and there's a, a crowd of screaming teeny girls in front of them. And there's a lot of choreography. They're wearing kind of all-black outfits, matching all-black outfits, and ridiculous hats. Fucking stupid hats once again. Yeah. The choreography is pretty bad, if I'm honest. There are bits where it looks like someone's just lying down on the stage. Yeah, I mean, uh, none of them could dance, as I recall. They, no, honestly, they couldn't. And the two people in the band who were supposed to be just dancers are shit. Like, really bad. Yeah. And you've seen me dance. Mm. I'm better than them. Sure. Yeah, this is... It, but can you felt a roof? No, I cannot. That's fair. This is a good one. This is, this is definitely a high point for me. Um, it's the one that has stayed with me most for the past 30 years that would if someone said to me oh how does that song all right by 17 go i'll be like oh yeah i can remember that all right all right that stays with you in a way that i probably couldn't have sung you deep um before doing prepping for this podcast i could have oh, i'm sure you could have but yeah this one is is definitely the one where it all comes together and makes a lot of sense Which yeah. it, and it, for it to be track nine on the album and the sixth single is weird it makes you wonder did they just not get what they had or was it not what they wanted to be or I don't know or were they keeping it for Christmas I mean maybe just scheduling I mean that's uh, maybe maybe they were that confident but you you know I just don't see a world where where you release gold no absolutely I mean the wisdom surely or slow it down you know there's no I don't can't think of any other albums you know because not many albums support six singles sure obviously a lot more albums back then did yeah but I can't think of another example where the sixth single is the strongest single. No. I mean, that, that that would be a good conversation to have, having trying to think of some stuff, but that would never really happen because, of course, it doesn't happen. You go with your strongest single first. Probably, like, Rumours by Fleetwood Mac. Oh, sure. Or something Thriller, like that. Thriller, you know. Yeah. Maybe, I can't remember what the sixth one was. I'm sure it was brilliant, but it wasn't but yeah, Beat It or Billie Jean. Yeah, it wasn't Beat It or Billie Jean or Thriller. Or Thriller no. I don't know, well. All right, well, there we go. So we're... I'll tell you what it probably was. It was probably The Girl Is Mine. I mean, again, there's guilty pleasure. I do enjoy that song. That goddamn girl is mine. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Uh, all right, should we do the last one on the, this album? Uh, yeah, let's do yeah. it. Track number 10. Feel... Well, shall we just briefly say that we haven't done West End Girls uh, because it was a re-release. It's a very straight cover, really, of the Pet Shop Boys' West End Girls. Yeah, and well, yeah, but with uh, the kind of the the sample from Brothers going to work it out. Okay, but with the Public Enemy sample. Yeah, but it, it wasn't on the original release. It wasn't on this release of the album, so we're not doing it. I'm interested to hear that it was the manager was the same across the Indeed. the two, and obviously it's a it's a dead on thing, isn't it? Because East, East End, End Boys. Yeah. But I, I think it's a really bad song for them to have done, and it doesn't fit, it doesn't, it doesn't fit them at doesn't all. Doesn't fit them at no. all. Yeah. All right, so the final song in this album then, so number 10, is Feel What You Can't See, and we're apparently spelling U and C with just letters. Yeah, like Prince. Yeah. But that's where the resemblance ends. You know, feel what you can't see. My first instinct was this was a game they used to play where they'd blindfold the groupie and just rub their dick on her face and they had to guess which member of the band it was. I mean, it's entirely entirely possible. Yeah. Or just by, like, smell? Yeah, probably. Odour. Definitely. Oh, that smells like Old Spice and Headache. <laughs> headache. 
And yeah, this to me has some of the worst lyrics on this entire album. Oh man, yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, someone to keep you gentle and warm like a rug, like what a rug, a, like yeah. a rug, like a rug. I'll hug your heart. Pardon? Rug? Well, I'll hug your heart. Yep. Anyway, yeah. so look, I mean, this one, kind of deep housey vibe to it. Mm. Um, to be honest with you, it's a bit, you know, it's, it's kind of a bit of a dismal, whimpering, slow jam. I think this is a mistake. I think this should be left off. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. I, you know, I think, not funny enough again, it's a, it's a no from me for this one. Bit of a kind of a petering out way to end the album. Yeah, that's the other thing. After you've had It's All Right at track mm-hmm. nine, to finish your album with this is a mistake mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Uh, it, it's what's in your heart, not just what is in your hair. I'm pretty sure I know what we're talking about. Hair. Yeah, that's that's the line. Ooh, I know. Uh, I don't want to think about so, it. So yeah, all right. Well, look, let's. No, it, d- it did remind me of uh, that. What's in your hair it does remind me of the joke. Um, how much does a Cockney pay for shampoo? That right. Pantene. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yep. It's too Indeed. late for that shit, my friend. Uh, I was think I was trying to think of somewhere I could get in. Um, what's Brian Harvey's favorite ice cream? Feast Seventeen. Oh man! Yeah, uh, is that yeah. where we're at? Indeed. Mm. I mean, in terms of and this is a fact. This in terms of shit puns, there apparently is a restaurant in Walthamstow called Eat Seventeen. That would make sense. Which I like that. That's good. I mean, obviously that's the postcode. It's not the band, but yeah, sure. I like the fact that they've just gone with it. Yeah. Um, but okay, there you go. That's track ten, and a track ten I think is like you say a whimper. Didn't need to finish on that mistake. What a shame. Uh, there are then three other songs that are on the album, but they're all just remixes of previous songs that are on here. There's uh, a remix of Gold, a remix of Deep, and a remix of Slow It Down. So, yeah. whatever. And Don't give a fuck. Yeah, I think the, the Gold one is possibly a slight improvement on the original. Mm. Uh, the the Deep Dark mix is no real yeah. good. I, I listened to them in case there was some more fun to be had, and it was yeah. nothing. No, didn't really add anything to it. I didn't no, think. I, it's a strange decision to me just to fill the album with remixes, because they didn't have to. This wasn't the time period where everyone was going, we have to use all 77 minutes of a CD yet. It wasn't where everyone was doing that. So I don't understand why they chucked these on the end. Well, again, I suspect they had fucking 30 mixes that they couldn't use anywhere else. Yeah. And they were like, oh, chuck it on the album, I guess. Mm. And, you know, there was always... A, remember the thing at the time? That there was the chart show, wasn't there? Yeah. So there was always the char- chance you could have a, a kind of a breakaway hit on the dance chart. Oh, I see. Right, like sure, yeah. Yeah, the urban chart or whatever. So, yeah, it was always kind of, you can hit a different market. Mm. Right, okay, so look, before we do the wrap-up, we obviously, yeah. as, as we always do, we kind of set this record out to Twitter. To Yeah, man. Yeah, we uh, we said that we were going to be doing it, and what did people think? Did there any sort of uh, personal recollections of so, it? Yeah, we got, we got a few... Not as uh, as many as always. Our good our, our good mate uh, Darren said, "When I think to this, when I think about this album, all I think about is hats, ridiculous it's true. hats." Mate, honest to God, I will do my best and go through the videos and just get some screenshots because there are more than you would think possible stupid hats going on. Oh, absolutely, mate, yeah. absolutely. Uh, see, number one rerun got in contact again, um, and I can imagine that they would have been E17 fans at the time. Uh, yeah. They've said, no matter how ridiculous they did look in the singles, this was way superior to what Take That were doing at the time, and I will fist fight anyone who tells me. Oh, mate, you might right have to Edinburgh. fist fight my wife, in which case... <laughs> oh, that was it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't, I cannot, I cannot say what she was saying about E17 fans earlier. It's, <laughs> I, can't, I can't fall out with those guys. No. Um, right. Mm. Uh, my old schoolmate Phil Guthrie 
he, his remembering is that E17 were kind of fun for a bit and didn't outstay their welcome. Also, House of Love is a banger. Well, fair yeah. It is. It absolutely I, is. I He's think right. House of Love is a banger. I mean, that's not the one I would bring up, to be honest right. with you. It would but that's, be that's always came be to his all right. Mind, yeah. But, you know, fair I mean, play. There's someone else, uh, MF Zoom on, uh, on Twitter, he also said that was his entire quote was, House of Love is a banger. That was his whole thing about E17 for him. So yeah, yeah no, obviously some people much prefer that one. Fair dues. Jackie from Burden Button. Oh, um, yeah, she said her only thought was he ran himself over. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. you know, as that I say. Is, that's one of the things that comes to mind. We're not laughing at people with mental illness, but we are laughing at Brian Harvey a bit, if I'm honest. Yeah, that's uh, going to happen. Um, but yeah, okay. Uh, thank you guys for getting in contact, as always. Mm. Uh, what's our next album that we're going to be doing? It is Lenny Kravitz. And is well, I'm not sure. Was it his debut? Are you going to go my way? No, he had Mama said first. Oh, of course didn't he? he did. Right, but well, this is his first number one, I guess. Then, uh, but yeah, uh, that's the next one that we're going to be. So yeah, so tweet us in if you like that. We'll we'll put a tweet out anyway. Yeah, sure. But anyway, so look, let's do a, let's do a wrap up of this right. record. Right. What, what was your overall take on this record? My overall take was, um, it's fucking terrible. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's it is just shockingly bad. Mostly the lyrics made me. Uh, laugh out loud because they were so bad. Yeah. Some of the songs are really catchy, good songs. Mm-hmm. There are some ones, like I'd say at least half of the songs, I think are fucking dreadful yeah. and wishy-washy bollocks or cringy, horrible, make my skin crawl nastiness. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is it. I mean, I've put gloriously bad with yeah. moments of brilliance. Yeah. I'm very glad that E17 exists. Oh, definitely. That's, uh, you know, yeah, that's I, I, yeah. I think I think they are they add something hilarious to the zeitgeist. Fine. Um, and yeah, I I would I would rather listen to this album over and over than some of the po face shit we've had to deal with in our time. Totally, mate. Oh, you know, we had to do Little Angels last time. I would take this over that every time yeah. for sure. I mean, this was but hilarious. I'm bad. also very glad that I don't have to for any other reason listen to this again. Okay, so. I shan't. What you will have to do, though, is we're going to have to choose some songs. Yep. We have to pick a, a number between one and three. Yes. What's your number? My number would be two. Okay. What would you go? I mean, I mean I, you're, looking like, you're looking like you want three. Well, look, right. I, I, I would go three. Yeah. But I'm well aware of the part of me that would go three. Right. Sure. I, I'm, I'm well aware that... Really, for, it would be for ridiculous reasons. I, I would, I would be bulldozing. I would be bulldozing a point through. Right, <laughs> okay, that's sure. what I'd be doing. Sure. And I'll probably save that for something I feel a little bit more passionately about. Right? All right. Uh-huh. Okay. So, all right. So if- now, which direction do we go in? Okay. That's the thing. Right. Do you know we've got the obvious banger single in? All, all right. That we agree. Yeah. That would definitely be the shoe in. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, probably everyone listening knows that song. Right. So is that the direction we want to go? Right. For me, the hundred percent shoe in the thing that I really want on there is deep. Yeah, no, that's fine. Because those, those would be my two choices. Yeah, yeah. There is a really, really big part of me. <laughs> I can, I know exactly what's. You coming. know what I'm I saying. Exactly what you coming. know what I'm saying. And look, every time we listen to that that playlist, yeah, that's every time that song came up, I would laugh my ass off. Yeah, but I don't know if that's a, if that's a reason or not. You you know what I'm saying here. I'm, uh, I disagree. I disagree, but uh, I think in the in the uh, spirit of not letting the joke get old, right? Sure. I think maybe we go. Uh, oh, I don't know. Did we put that new kids one on? I can't remember what we did with that. I think we might. Have we done. did Stay as well, baby. It's on there. We could if you want to put it on as a third. We could put it on. Oh, fuck it, let's do it. All right, fine. Right, we're done. all in. You get it, okay. motherfuckers. That's done. done. Right. Okay. So. Um, and what I will say, um, I, I've been looking forward to recording this episode <laughs> all fucking week. I've got to say, yeah, 
Yeah. I can't believe you listened to this three times today. I was, I was having such a fun time. Brilliant. Anyway, right, guys, thank you for joining us. As yeah, always, man. let us know your thoughts on the podcast on all the social medias. Uh, if you want to buy us a cup of coffee or something along those lines, you can do it via our PayPal link. Um, and, yeah, uh, we'll catch you next time. Absolutely. See you around soon, motherfuckers. I've been Dave Fenson. I've been Chris DeGreer. Bye. Bye. Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We're on Twitter, at PCL Podcast. On Instagram, also at PCL Podcast. And Facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is PCLPodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on PCLMusicPodcast at gmail.com.